Hi, welcome to What's Next, Porto Business School's podcast on the future of business. At this current day and age, we are not talking that much about the future. We need to address the present. Uh, all over the world, we have been uh, suffering and fighting this pandemic uh, uh, of, uh, of COVID-19. And uh, we would like to showcase today a beautiful example of how the civil society and especially the uh, uh, entrepreneurial uh, tech entrepreneurship ecosystem in Portugal mobilized to provide a response, to provide new ideas, new projects that could help fighting the virus. My guest today is Filipe Avila da Costa, an alumnum from Porto Business School and uh, the founder and CEO of InfraSpeak, but also the person behind uh, with the idea around the movement of the tech for COVID-19, Filipe Thank you so much for joining us in the show. I know this is a rough moment, a hard moment for, uh, for you. Uh, you have so much on your plate with managing the company and, man and, and, and still being involved in, the, in this movement. Thank you so much for, for being. Thank you. Thank you for the invitation. Happy to be uh, here. So just uh, for you guys out there to understand, you can check this on www.tech4covid19, 4 and 19 with the, with the figures, .org. Uh, it, has, it gathers already 4,300 volunteers working on more than 40 projects to beat the virus and, to, and the associated economic crisis. Seven of these pro projects are already de deployed and, and operating, and, um, and there are a relevant number of, of projects being launched in the, into the public in the next, in the next few days. In, in a few few weeks, Philippe, let's start with the beginning. How did you how, how, how did you have how, how come the idea how did the idea came up and how did you start this whole thing? Okay, uh, I'll not say it was me. So it was more like a collective thing, right? So uh, we uh, at Founders Founders uh, we have a group of uh, entrepreneurs. We call the Founders Club. Uh, that we ex share expertise, we share contacts, we share uh, as, as many things as we can uh, in the normal times. And like two weeks ago or so, we were uh, having an informal conversation on that group. We were talking about how how technology could uh, make an impact uh, in this in this crisis, and especially how the, the overall talent uh, we have. Uh, in our company. So we're basically talking about around 60, uh, 60 uh, founders, uh, around 60 startups, Portuguese tech startups. So we are talking about 100, uh, 500, 600, 700 people that work in our companies. And we were discussing how can we put that talent uh, to serve society in this difficult moment. So out of this informal conversation, uh, some ideas start to come up. Uh, in very entrepreneurial uh, way, right? So we start putting practice. So like uh, maybe half an hour after we start to have the conversation, there was already a Slack group. There was already some channels for different projects. And then we start to, to work on those ideas and to ask, invite more people to, to join. And what was crazy and amazing uh, of all of this is that after a few hours, in the end of the first day, we had like 290 people uh, in the channel. Then in the end of the next day, we're almost 600. And now we are more than 4,000 volunteers uh, coming, not just from these tech startups, but from the overall uh, tech scene and lawyers and other uh, professionals uh, joining us to, to fight this, this crisis, to fight the virus, uh, and to putting technology um, in in the service service of society. 
So um, and let me let me ask you. Uh, um, so you used a very, it was a very entrepreneurial movement from the beginning, starting as, as 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 conversations between you guys, and then suddenly moving into into deployment into MVP and so on. And 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 can you tell us a little bit about some of the first projects you started with, or some of the projects that you have already deployed, so that the people out there can understand what kind of impact you're having uh, uh, in the society? Okay. So we were very, very organic on this. So every time someone would come up with idea, uh, we start to get a team and then we, we move on to like, how, to, how can we make it live? How can we make it um, available society really fast? So like this really MVP point of view. And then we set a team leader uh, to, to lead each of the projects and they were very, very autonomous uh, to do so. That made us move really, really fast and we, I guess we have around like 15 projects uh, live uh, already. One of the first ones were um, we call like rooms against COVID. So some of uh, our startups are working in the hotel industry, the, the tourism industry. Uh, and we were noticing based on experience from other countries, actually from Italy and Spain and so on, that uh, the health professionals, uh, they, they are, in, the, in the, the first line, right? They are in close contact with the virus. So when they need to rest, uh, they don't want to go home. They don't want to have the risk of uh, infecting uh, their family and so on. So they, they need a place uh, to, to rest and to take a shower and so on. Uh, so we start talking with hotels, owners. We start talking with owners of Airbnb style of uh, uh, hosts, right? And then we start to compile a list of people, rooms available uh, for those health professionals. And like after three days, we had already hundreds of rooms available. Then we put um, an online form uh, for our health professionals to, to request rooms and we start to match. Uh, in parallel to that, uh, two other startups, uh, guest-centric, and HiGFE were developing technology to make it easier for those health professionals to book um, those rooms. So right now, two weeks after, we have more than 1,500 rooms. We have already more than 200 uh, health professionals uh, using those rooms. Uh, and we are, have plenty of other health professionals we're trying to match with those locations based on like different regions and different needs and so on. So this was really incredible. How can we create a booking system uh, out of nowhere uh, for health professionals and having like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of rooms available. Other interesting projects is what we call Covidografia. So basically it's a crowd-based app that allowed each and every one uh, to I put did it, it. I did it already. Okay, cool. <laughs> to put the symptoms uh, in an app uh, and to say if they are uh, self-isolated or if they're doing their normal life or not. So based on the location, based where you live, uh, we can have a epidemiography map uh, to help um, um, the public thing. entities yeah. uh, understand how it's growing and where it's growing and to act uh, before uh, it's too late. So that leads us to one of other topics that is how we are interacting with the government, right? Yeah, so, that was a question in my head here. 
So since the beginning, uh, we thought that it was really important for us to do something that was useful for the public entities. Uh, so we needed to be in close contact with them. So we set a, a, specific, a specific team to interact with the health uh, entities, with the government in general, with the economy, and so on and so on, to, to by one side to validate if the things we were developing were really needed, but also to collect information uh, about how to do it better. Uh, and based on this, we start to develop some really, really interesting connections. First, we have to prove ourselves, right? So first we prove, <laughs> we need to prove that we're really creating value. But now that we are having an interesting impact, we start to have things coming the opposite way. So the government of, of officers uh, coming to us, uh, looking for help and uh, looking to interact with us more often. This is uh, this is super interesting. I, I guess that the, the support of the president uh, of, of Portugal also helped in some sense. You you, you had a great conversation. Uh, Rui Rui actually had a great conversation with him, right? Yes. So um, based on other projects uh, that Rui and some other people did with the, with the president and uh, with the government in general, so we had some these uh, channels that we could use. And when uh, Hui approached the president to talk about the movement, he was like really, really open and really, really interested to know uh, about what we were doing. Uh, and as he says uh, in the message, um, the government won't be able to do it alone, right? So this, this must be a collective effort. Uh, no government or no any entity is ready for a pandemic like this. So it's really important for the social uh, society in general um, for the for everyone try to, to find uh, their way to help trying to find um, their role uh, in that huge play and so the president was very supportive about what we're doing and we're really happy with his message cool one of the actions you also launched a very su successful one that you keep on having it uh, uh, as a rolling action was your crowdfunding campaign to buy hospital supplies you you were expecting to raise 100,000 euros you went beyond 130,000 and you are have a new a new um, uh, milestone for another 85,000 so uh, and you've been buying masks and glasses to 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 support um, uh, Tell us a little bit about um, the, the, the operations behind this, because one of the, the, the things that we are, uh, people are starting to talk about is how competitive are, is the purchasing right now? Uh, because you have 198 countries trying to purchase the same things. How did you manage to, to run this operation and to get, the, get hold of the supplies that you, you needed? Okay, maybe I can give you like this answer in two different parts. One is the funding. Okay, we have three yep. different initiatives for funding. Uh, and then we have five different initiatives for hospital supplies. So starting with funding, uh, at first, like in the first day, we launched a, a crowdfunding campaign. So one of the startups involved in the process is GoParity and they do this as a living. So they, mm -hmm. they create uh, fundraising campaigns, especially for the energy sector. Uh, and then we were able to put online really quickly a crowdfund campaign that was very, very directed to um, hospital materials. There is a shortage, shortage of this. And we, since the beginning, we knew we had to buy as soon as we could uh, more materials to the country. 
So based on, on this 100K, uh, we already collected 130 actually, we already um, um, purchased 50,000 uh, masks, like uh, good quality masks, plus some additional glasses, some gloves uh, that were supporting other campaign to buy it. And then we have an additional one, uh, additional order of 50,000 masks that we are pushing for additional funding to, to, to close it. In parallel to that, uh, we have uh, actually an auction uh, going on. I don't know if you noticed, but yep. uh, we have uh, plastic artists um, giving us uh, a painting uh, to auction. Uh, and we have the Portuguese League giving us uh, balls and uh, jerseys signed by the, 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 the players. And also the Hocking Hill Festival giving us uh, three guitars. Uh, to auction and to uh, generate more cash to, to support this initiative. And in parallel to that, um, and this is getting like really huge and incredible, we have a sponsorship team that actually in close touch, in close connection with large corporations to, to collect donations uh, from, from those companies to help us purchase more and more material. Um, probably we'll be able to announce more uh, and really interesting donations mm -hmm. uh, in the short term. Uh, so this is basically three different teams working in three different um, funding um, channels. For the hospital materials, we actually have five different teams. One is working in close connection with, um, with the hospitals and the health uh, entities to identify what is needed, okay? Uh, then we have three different teams looking for three different sources of materials. One is procurement. So basically we have seven people in China actually uh, doing procurement uh, connected to some people here in Portugal uh, where we were able to buy all those things already. Uh, then we have a team focused on production. So we have a team pro uh, basically managing cooperation with textile industries, uh, polymers, like people 3D printing uh, mm -hmm. stuff, and also the chemical parts where there's alcohol and everything else. So there is plenty of um, industries and, um, and businessmen willing to help, willing to put uh, the, the teams and the materials and everything else in the service of the country. So we are trying to help being all these organized uh, and reaching the, the, the right locations. And then the third team is actually a really smart team that actually uh, collecting donations. So there are plenty of um, labs and veterinaries and like everything else that already have those materials in house. They're not planning to use uh, in the short term. So they are donating and we're basically managing logistics, collecting in one side and delivering to the hospitals in the other side. Finally, the fifth team is actually the logistics. So we have really, really great startups uh, in the country, Hub or Move Cargo or Barking, that are doing great job regarding logistics and they are putting the services and the contacts um, available uh, to, to the movement. And this is really amazing. So this combination of funding plus logistics plus uh, managing the overall process of uh, buying, delivering and so on, uh, it, it, it's amazing. Like uh, I, I'm say often in our coordination meetings that we move from startup to a large corporation in 
minutes. That, that, <laughs> was, that was my next question. Uh, the, the, the professor side of, of, of me would like to really to understand, uh, as I, you know, I teach corporate entrepreneurship. So how come you move from startup to big corp because 4,000 people working, it's, 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 it's huge, in two weeks? And, and, and what were the challenges of coordination there and, 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 and organization? Let us, uh, let us know a little bit more. Okay. I guess that this is like one answer is talent, right? So when you put like great people, great entrepreneurs, great people uh, leading those projects, uh, things just works. Uh, okay. So uh, on top of this, we had like different layers of management, right? So in the beginning it was very organic. Then as soon as, as, soon as we had like 600 people and we start to have like five, 10 projects running in parallel, we decided to create a coordination team. Uh, so basically it was like a forum where each project leader would be sharing their needs and somehow um, we were interacting to support each other. But then when we start to have this volume of people coming in, we start to have what we call the task forces. So transversal teams in marketing, in legal, in funding, and uh, all those areas that were there to be enablers, to support every project leader, to support every project to move forward. And then each team starts to create the routines, each team starts to create the procedures. Uh, and then we had a brand to create. <laughs> then we have to communicate online. Then we have to, to communicate uh, with uh, journalists and so on to give more visibility to, to all those projects. And this was, was very, very organic. And, uh, to, to, to be honest, I, I don't know how we're doing this. So it's, 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 just, it's just crazy how, how fast things are moving and how well uh, we're doing with all this uh, organization. But as I said before, the, the one answer is talent. It's very talented yeah. people joining the, the yeah. movement. And when you get great talent fueled by passion and fueled by purpose, common purpose, I think uh, I think it's a, a positively explosive uh, a combination. But... Uh, um, and how does the entrepreneur, the CEO of Infraspeak, has to deal with this? You know, uh, uh, you know, <laughs> being on the coordination of this uh, amazing movement, but simultaneously still being the CEO of a company, taking the hit, the economic hit. How how does the how how are you personally as an entrepreneur managing uh, all these different situations? And, and and tell us a little bit. What are your feelings right now? Sure, uh, it, it's tough, I must be honest. Okay, so um, in the beginning, people were mostly sprinting about let's get this thing out. And then after two, three, five days, we were realizing that it was not a sprint, it was a marathon, right? Yeah. So it's going to last for a very long time. And, and in parallel, we were not just managing a crisis in our own business, uh, we were adapting to re fully remote, like our company was already uh, kind of remote, people were able to work from home, whatever they want, uh, but being fully remote was uh, something new uh, for us. Um, and then managing expectations, we, we, we decide that we want be firing anybody uh, until we have a clear vision about the impact in the business and uh, our customers have been really really supportive um, and we are being really partnering with the customers so i think we are going to be able to go through this crisis uh, as partners with everybody uh, but uh, in short is basically managing uh, 
clear clear agenda let's say so you you, you save some time you want to dedicate to this movement uh, and then you work on this and in parallel you have to keep track of your full responsibility as a ceo as an entrepreneur uh, and then balancing both sides of the table uh, i'm lucky enough uh, for our company um, to have like already 68 people uh, and we have a leadership team as a really solid uh, leadership team that are that allow me uh, to dedicate some time to the movement and mostly spend time aligning uh, ideas with this uh, leadership team and things are moving uh, brightly so we are doing great content we are further developing the product and so on and things are moving in, in the right direction uh, give me uh, some space uh, to be able to volunteer and to dedicate to this movement but this is a relevant point we let me just complete here yeah, yeah. as we notice that this won't be a sprint but a, a marathon we were i was talking often with the project leaders inside of the movement uh, understanding how important was to have shadow leaders okay how important is for each team leader to have someone that was exactly on the same page and when someone had to leave uh, to do stuff because of the company was needing at the time there was someone else that was pushing the projects the importance uh, of redundancy also in the leadership right exactly so and we are seeing this uh, and we are seeing people uh, jumping in when people need to to leave um, in all the projects and also having like a lot of people supporting me uh, on as a as a speaker a speaker's person uh, that yeah. should be my role now uh, for the movement uh, so it's like teamwork uh, what makes yeah. it's available yeah. i know a little bit about your organization at infraspeak do you believe that uh, the fact that you run very autonomous teams in some sense very empowered that uh, you, you you really empower your teams it pays off in these moments where suddenly all the insert, uncertainty and ambiguity uh, uh, you can rely on your people because they know their role they, they are used to being empowered they are used to being in charge in some sense exactly um one of the the way we position ourselves uh, in infospeak is by being source of good life to our customers but also to got their back uh, when needed so I, I also see all this work we're doing in the movement as getting the back of our customers so everybody should do everything they have access to uh, everything they can uh, to to overcome the, this crisis and by supporting this movement and by working on solutions that will lower the impact of the crisis, uh, I think we are guarding our back of our customers and uh, the customers are seeing this and giving great feedback to us about that. Uh, let me let me also pick your brain. You've been you've been sitting down with your colleagues on, on the Founders Club um, for this project, and and well, you you were used to doing that within the Founders Founders uh, uh, movements and so on. What is the overall spirit in the community out there, in the entrepreneurship community? Uh, is it, uh, are they afraid? Are they worried? Uh, well, afraid and worried, I think we all are, but are they hopeful also? Are they, what, what, what is the overall feeling in your opinion? Okay, I would say entrepreneurs are optimistic by default, otherwise they won't be crazy enough to start a company. Um, but people are worried, right? So we don't know how long uh, it will last. And uh, we, we're going to have a huge economic crisis coming. Uh, it's already here, but it's coming uh, faster and faster. So 
people are worried uh, and people are being entrepreneur. People are adapting. People are changing uh, the way they, they they manage their teams. People are even managed to to adapt the product. Uh, um, it, it, it's a mix, right? So some some people are are, are seeing like the areas booming. It's like we have some people working on logistics, and they're actually hiring more people to be able to deploy with all the demand that's coming in. Some people are working on uh, e-commerce, and same thing is happening. But some other projects are working specifically with hotels, and then it's really crazy. Uh, the impact of the business, like from one day to the other, is from 100 to 10 percent. Uh, we're seeing, like in Milano, nine percent yeah. occupancy rate, right? So, um, so what I'm seeing is people worried by one side, but being entrepreneur, adapting, and uh, trying to make the most out of this. Philippe, what's next for the Tech for uh, COVID-19 movement? Uh, I think there is a lot to be done. So uh, we still need volunteers to come in and join us. Uh, as we said, this is a marathon uh, and people are very busy with their business and so on. So we need f flesh, uh, fresh blood coming in and helping and keep pushing for all those projects uh, forward. Uh, and I, I would say like we have around 40 projects uh, running uh, most of them, like 80% of the first projects that came in were health related, how to uh, to lower the impact of the virus itself. But now we start to, start to see a relevant number and really interesting projects to tackle the economic effect. So how can we help uh, the local stores or the PMEs to overcome this? How can we help people move to the online world? Um, how people can actually buy vouchers uh, of services to, to use later uh, once the crisis is over. So there are more and more projects tackling this economical uh, impact. So this is where mostly uh, I think the movements will move now. So it's definitely measure impact and um, uh, pushing for more and more impact of the projects that are already launched. And on top of this, being creative, creating new ideas to overcome the economical crisis. And what's next for you, Felipe Avila da Costa? <laughs> uh, for me, uh, it's like, I, I, I want to keep being source of good life for the team at Team for Speak, for the movement in general. So, uh, the whole, the overall idea here is to to push forward on all these directions, right? Uh, and how can we overcome this crisis together? Uh, and how can we we help our customers overcome this together? Uh, and then finally, my family. So it's still uh, I need to find time in the middle of all this to to support the family. It's difficult times. People are close at home. So is for me is uh, uh, I'm praying to find the forces and uh, and everything to to be able to deploy on all these directions, so we can we can be stronger uh, in the end of this this crisis. Flip, thank you for the outstanding work you're doing for all of us, and thank you for still in the middle of all that finding the, finding the time to join us in the show. Thank you. Thank you. Bye bye. Make change happen.